Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode number 50 of the Radio MVP Sports Podcast. Of course, I am Tim, joined with Anthony. And uh, Anthony, we've made 50 podcasts and uh, not too bad in a year and a half. Our second year of high school football, college football, NFL talk on your way. It's been a, uh, it's been a fun ride here on Radio MVP. We continue to grow. Before we get started, let me completely ask you to do this for us as we've hit our 50th episode here on Radio MVP. If you get this through iTunes or Apple Podcasts, give us subscribe, rate, and review us. All that helps us grow the podcast. If you listen through Stitcher, favorite us. That helps us grow the podcast. Uh, if you get through Google Play, do whatever they do. Uh, tell your family and friends. Let's have some fun. Let's keep growing Radio MVP. We've had a great time doing this. We bring a lot of different ad avenues to you in the world of sport, not just the podcast. We do the one-on-one -on -one interviews uh, that I do uh, with uh, personalities and from around the nation and locally. Plus, we have the Ice Castle Report now. We have the High School Football Scoreboard Show. Uh, there's a, a lot of things going on and, and a lot more continuing here on Radio MVP. So as we uh, bring in our 50th episode of the podcast, let me first say congratulations to you, Anthony, and let's uh, continue the growth. Uh, thank you very much, Tim, and uh, congratulations to you as well. It's it's amazing that uh, we're on episode number 50 of a podcast that seems to keep growing and growing and getting more success as each episode passes, which one started in a gas station, just a idea off the shot of the pan, and now it's real. We have our own website and uh, social media handles, and we're, and we're spreading each week, so it's it's been a pleasure, and uh, here's to 50 and 100 more. Absolutely. It's been great. And as we continue to grow, I have uh, more announcements to make. Uh, got a big one uh, that came away this week. Un another uh, surprising uh, turn of events for me personally. Uh, got an uh, opportunity, and I accepted it along with my broadcast partner, Matt Emch, as we will be covering home games for Carnegie Mellon. We will be part of Tartan football the rest of the way as uh, it, we will be the voice of the Tartans. How about that? Uh, and you're, we're going to post the information on the website and on Facebook about where you can find it. It's going to be simulcast with video. All the home games we're going to be doing, there'll be five home games starting this Saturday. So you don't want to check that out as they have their home game against St. Vincent. And that is at 1 p.m. And Matt and I will be on the call of that game. And when the following week, we get to meet up with a good friend of ours from Grove City as the voice of the Wolverines is Mark Means. <clears throat> so uh, uh, the following week, and I haven't talked to Mark yet, and uh, was, we'll be the voice of the Tartans. He's the voice of the Wolverines. So it's going to be a lot of fun as we uh, continue to grow this everything. But uh, the most important thing to say is uh, welcome Carnegie Mellon to Radio MVP. Yeah, it's a, obviously a great opportunity for you guys. Uh, congratulations once again on that in, endeavor, so to speak. And it's awesome that, um, you know, because of the podcast and uh, the work we're doing with uh, 1570, uh, you guys get your names out there. And uh, hopefully Radio MVP gets your name out there a little bit also. And uh, we're more than glad to – sponsor and plug uh, the Carnegie Mellon Tartans, which is an awesome nickname, by the way. 
just it a is. fantastic nickname. Um, so uh, good luck to them this Saturday. And uh, we might have to start covering the Tartans a little bit, Tim. We will definitely cover the Tartans the rest of the season. Uh, you know, I got to be honest. I did not know what a Tartan was when I first read the uh, email from them. I, I actually found out what a Tartan was last week. And it was funny because I got this email and uh, from the SID, uh, Mark mm -hmm. Fisher, and he says, welcome to you know Tartan football. And he gave me all some information, and I ended up calling him today and talking to him for the first time. And I says, okay, first job I have to do is find out what a Tartan is. And I happened to say this out loud at work, and one of my coworkers walked by. He goes, you don't know what a Tartan is? I says, no, I'm not familiar with that. He goes, it is a pattern on a kilt. Yep. And I said, oh, well, he, I would know because he wears kilts. Uh, <laughs> he loves, uh, you know, his uh, heritage and he knows all about it. And I was like, well, I, I thank my, my coworker, Bruce. And I says, you just saved me about two minutes of Googling it. Yep. And uh, sure enough, uh, there it was on the uh, page. And so we are, uh, it is, like you said, one of the great names in the, in sports uh, is the Tartans. So. Notre Dame's, uh, Notre Dame's Irish Guard actually has a tartan pattern. Right. Which I, I found out a couple weeks ago from Coach Kelly. Ah, so there you go. So we're, we're, we're learning as we go. We are. We are. But the 2018 uh, tartan football schedule is available on their website. Uh, you can find them at, of course, Carnegie Mellon University. Uh, just Google it. It'll bring that up. And you can get to the athletic page and find all about it. And through the, the athletic page, you'll see audio and video. And if you click on the video during the game, you'll get the video of the game and the audio simulcast with Matt and myself. So it uh, should be a lot of fun. Looking forward to it. I haven't done college football in about, oh, God, hate to say about eight years, maybe a little longer, uh, when I was doing some games for Allegheny College uh, up in uh, Meadville. So mm – -hmm. It's been a while, but it'd be fun. I did uh, high college basketball with uh, the Allegheny Gators, both men and women, one season, and had a, a, a fantastic time doing that before the stations uh, switched, lost their uh, the rights to it and switched over to another local station. But that's uh, years gone by, and uh, very, very thrilled to be part of uh, Carnegie Mellon and uh, join the Pittsburgh sports scene, something maybe we can help grow our uh, podcast as we are already in yeah. Western Pennsylvania with our coverage of of course, the Red Hurricanes from Newcastle during the basketball season, which I have every intentions to do again this year, as uh, that is just too much fun. And uh, I know I'm going off on a tangent here and everything, but I wanted to uh, make that announcement, and you'll find out more. Follow me on Twitter at Tim Continenza. Follow me on Facebook. Follow Radio MVP on Facebook, and you'll get all the information about Tartans football as uh, we move forward. And uh, it's going to be fun. I haven't talked to Matt uh, a lot of, in the last 24 hours, but uh, I, I'm looking forward to it. And we're going to get up there early Saturday, games at 1 p.m. I hope to get there by uh, 10, 10.30, the earliest, latest, I should say, and uh, set it all up and uh, make acquaintance with everybody over in the, at Carnegie Mellon. So that's our uh, a little announcement for the day. And uh, I want to thank everybody for their support. And if you can – pass on the information as we deliver it. We, we greatly appreciative. Yeah. It's uh, it, like I said, again, it's an awesome opportunity and uh, just a lot of guys who put in a lot of hard work and two good guys. Uh, 
very well deserving of the opportunity. So, um, uh, proud well, of you and Matt, and uh, looking forward to uh, Friday night up at Howland. Yes, and we're going to get into the high school a little bit, but first mm-hmm. let's uh, let's dive into some more football talk, and yeah. let's talk. Uh, the NFL has arrived since the last we talked. Mm-hmm. Uh, interesting start of the season for a lot of teams. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. And uh, of course, the Cleveland Browns, o one and one. The Steelers, o one and one. Two of the uh, most popular teams in this area. Your Broncos off to what a one and one start. Uh, two and oh. Two and oh, excuse me. Yeah, we uh we've had uh comeback wins the last two weeks. They ugly, but they're comeback wins and they go to the W column. That's right. That's right. And uh, let me tell you this right now, uh on this uh Wednesday evening as we record this, for those who may listen either after the game on Thursday, mm-hmm. a night with the Browns and the Jets, and those who know me personally knows how much I despise and hate the Jets. I probably there's not a team in the NFL I despise more, and really Steelers. Yes, that's because really, and I'll explain that here in a second. But the Browns will have taste victory on Thursday evening. It will happen. They'll they will be a 500 team after a one one and one start. I actually agree with that. I I think Sam Darnold's off to a nice start. Uh, the Jets looked obviously impressive last Monday night against the Lions. Um, but I really like the Browns this week. I'm going to the Indians game tomorrow, so uh, Cleveland's going to be rocking. Uh, but I think the Browns are going to get it done tomorrow. I think, obviously, we all know the special team struggle for the Browns, but they are obviously a much improved football team, and they are actually watchable this year. You know, I – I know people still have their, oh, well, it's time for Baker Mayfield and all that. But I'd tell you what, each week when he gets settled in and, you know, finds his connection with uh, Cal, he's already got a great connection with Landry. Um, yeah, the Browns are going to be in a lot of games. They may not win games, but they're going to test each team each week. And that's a playoff caliber defense they got over there. Uh, Denzel Ward, you know, for everybody saying, oh, no, why'd you draft him and not Chubb or, you know, so-and-so. Boy, he's, uh, he's had a really good start to his NFL career. Well, I'll tell you what, the defense has been um, really the focal point of this team so far. There's no question about it. The amount of turnovers they have created and opportunities they've given the offense. Yeah, there's still some mistakes on the field, and they need to clean that up. And hopefully they will, both mm-hmm. offensively and defensively. And, you know, I just honestly look at this matchup. And I love the Indians – or excuse me, I love where the Browns coming into this game are. I do. They are home. So, you know, that that's the key to that statement. They were home all week. They were able to rest Monday. They were able to practice Tuesday and Wednesday. They'll you know, have a small kind of walk through tomorrow morning and get ready mm-hmm. for the game. While the Jets, you know, they played Sunday. They had to have Monday off just like most teams do. And then, you know – they just don't have much time to practice because on Wednesday night they're flying oh, in yeah. Cleveland to play the game. So, I mean, it's such a huge turnaround for them. I just think it's a huge advantage for the Browns. Uh, and cool. quite honest with you, I just think uh, the Browns should be able to handle the challenge at home against the Jets. Now, my statement why I don't like the Jets it comes down to really simply yes. this. is I don't think there's a team in the NFL that is more hyped every year than the New York Jets. 
and that hype has always been overblown, and they've always want to put them in the Super Bowl after week one or two, and they usually don't win eight games. They usually are a seven, eight, nine-win team year in and year out at best, and is their most overhyped team and get more attention than any other team, and I know that's because of New York. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this organization in New York for the Jets is, in my opinion, even traditionally over the years, worse than the Cleveland Browns have been the last 20 years. Really? Well, think about it. What have they achieved? They've gone to a couple of AFC title games. Yeah, they did. They did. I'll give them that credit. And they were 9-7 and those years. Yeah. They weren't a good team. They did get a little run in the playoffs. They got lucky. Yep. And and they, they beat a couple teams on and down. But when they had to face a good team, like the Patriots or someone of the Steelers, they got the crushed. Me up. Yeah. So, yeah, they did have a little run. I'm not going to deny that. However, year in, year out, this is the most overhyped team in football. You know, after week one, and, and what's, you know, and I, you know how much I like Sam Darnold going into the draft. Yep. And, and I yep. think it's a great – I think they actually do have a quarterback of the future there and a guy who's going to – really maybe take them to the next level that they've always dreamed about. But when you get right down to it, other than Super Bowl three, what the hell have the Jets ever done? Besides the butt fumble? Exactly. Nothing. Exactly. Nothing. Most overhyped team in the NFL year in and year out is the New York Jets. And I just get so tired of the hype train. Because the hype does not match the talent of the team. And I agree with that. You know, I agree with that. There are other teams who've had runs and have underachieved, but when you get right down to it, the Jets, in my opinion, year in, year out, are the most overhyped organization and team in the NFL for the last 40 years. They've had a few they've had a few runs where they, they actually did have some really good teams, but for the most part, they've over underachieved mm-hmm. and been overhyped most of the last 45 years. Yeah, now I think about it. I mean, the Cowboys come to mind, but they've won They've at least won something. Yeah, they've at least won something. Yeah, they played in. in well, I can't argue that. Yeah, and that's. I can't you know, argue that. The New York Giants—they've won championships. They played for championships. Yes. You know, uh, you got to give them credit. The Jets are like the Browns. They've never really—I mean, other than Super Bowl three, they have not been to the Super Bowl ever since. When's the last time the Jets made the playoffs? I can't. Uh, was it was Sanchez? Yeah, and it, what was uh, was it? Two thousand nine. What was that coach's name? Um, Rex Ryan. Ryan. Buddy Ryan's son, right? Yeah, Rex yeah. Ryan. Yeah, Rex Ryan. yeah. That was the year they went. Yeah, they went to back to back AFC title games. Yeah, and and then that lost, was the most overhyped coach. The Colts and somebody else. Yeah. Oh, he's he, terrible. Yeah, he's the most overhyped he was coach. Yeah, he, he he was. He loved the camera more than he loved football, in my opinion. And, uh, you know, and, you yeah, know I, some people are destined for certain jobs. As a defensive coordinator, he was fantastic. Yep. Head coach, he was very mediocre. Uh, yeah, if you want to talk about Mr. 8 and 8, yeah. He's it. Yep. Exactly. Even in Buffalo, when he was there. Yeah, he went yeah, he one went year, Buffalo. right? I think he was there one or two about years. Three seasons, I think. Two or three seasons. And he was eight and eight almost every yeah, year or something. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Matter of fact, I think Tyrod played his first. Yeah, season he did. Under him. That's right, he did. Yep. 
So, and they didn't make the playoffs since. So, you know. No, uh, I, I mean, the last real luck recollection I have of the Jets making the playoffs was obviously the Colts when they lost them. They had a pedal game. I think they might have had a lead on them at halftime and, of course, choked. And then uh, they played the Broncos in the AFC title game, 98, and got run off the field. So, yeah, they've had a long futility. You want to talk about the Browns going through quarterbacks that have not been very good? Yeah. The, the Jets are right there also. They have uh, been. And they've actually had some talent along the way. But, yeah, you're oh, right. Oh, yeah, they've had. Yeah, they've had um, – what's his name? The running back. God, why is the name escape me? Uh, Curtis Martin. Right. Curtis Martin, Wayne Corbett, uh Chad Pennington wasn't yeah, awful. Right. Yeah, they've had they had their share of, of, of yeah, they've yep. had their share of quality talent there, but they're just one like I said, the one of the most underachieving teams and organizations in pro football. Yep, and and I don't think that can be denied. And no, now that hype, I think about it, the hype is huge every year. See, unlike the Browns who have underachieved, but no one's expected anything out of them, especially the last twelve seasons. You know, you have to go all the way back to the year where they surprised everybody and won 10 games yep. uh, when uh, Romeo Cornell was head coach. Since Romeo left that – since they fired him and moved on from Cornell, this organ the, the Browns as an organization mm-hmm. has continued to be in fertility and fallen apart. Yep. You know, I got to give the Browns credit here, though. Uh, they made a move this week that I'm very proud of. I agree with that. Drama is over. Uh, I completely agree. So happy to see Josh Gordon go. Now, you can tell me about all this talent in the world, and he's great. But you know what? Talent only wins games when it's on the field and is ready to play. Consistently on the field. Exactly. And he's never been there. And he's never made – the Browns, in my opinion, have made more of an effort to give him the opportunity to succeed. Oh, they've given 10 or 11 chances. Right than he's ever given the Browns that in return. Mm-hmm. And that's what it came down to. Now, how will he do in New England? I really don't care. I think he has, like I said, the talent level he's is got huge. star potential. Oh, absolutely. The question but is, a two-cent head always usually wins. Here's the question, though. Because in his con- or not in his contract, but in the trade agreement, if he doesn't play 10 games, the Patriots get a lower round draft pick. I am not ready to sit here on September 19th and say, I can pencil in Josh Gordon to play 10 games. I, I honestly don't know if he's going to do it. Right. I don't know if he can keep his head clean enough. He's proven in Cleveland he can't. And the Browns were far more lenient with so many chances over and over and over and over again. I mean, one slip-up, he's gone to England. Bill Belichick is not going to waste time at all. Well, Belichick's pretty simple. I mean, you look at his track record. He so, usually gives you one chance, and you pay for it. And the second time, you're out the door. That's usually his track record. Now, just like any coach, when a player has extreme amount of talent, they usually get yep. more chances than the person who's the 52nd pl- player on the team. It's just the way it is in life. You know, the higher up you're in the rank of the team order, the more chances you get versus the guy down at the bottom end of the of the roster. That's the way it works, and the NFL always has, always will. It doesn't matter what team you were on. And 
talent will always give you extra chances, and it always yep. has and always will. And, and a perfect example is Josh Gordon and all the chances that he's had. Now, he spent more time suspended or inactive because of injuries than he ever did on the field for the Browns. He's only played one full season with the Browns. Even that year, he, he missed two games because of his suspension. So you know, it tells you everything you need to know about, you know, the player that he is. Everyone wants Josh Gordon to do well as a person. I don't know anybody who doesn't want to see him succeed, uh, get past these, uh, these transition transactions that he's had. You know, it's just, it's, it's bad. I mean, no mm-hmm. one wants to see that happen. However, in the end, I think the Browns made, you know, I'll give John Dorsey credit. John Dorsey has made two important moves this year. You know, he signed Michael Kendricks and he let him go after he was, he pleaded guilty to uh, insider trading. You know, mm-hmm. he brought him, to, he brought him into the organization. Look, and, and the talent level of Kendricks is high. There's absolutely no, very problem, high, you know, and that's why he's with Seattle right now uh, because of that talent. Talk, he went to Pete Carroll. Yeah. And again, it's just the ethics of 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 an organization. You know what what matters to them. You know what exactly right. And 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 of course, in the NFL, it is what can you do for me today versus what you do for me tomorrow or what you do for me in the future. And that's always been the case in the NFL. Is what what can you do for me today? And right now, Pete Carroll sees value in in Kendricks. Okay, fine. Uh, I give the Browns credit for making the move they made. They brought him in. Uh, they were told, you know, he was at the time they were told that he had a financial problem and that it was going to be taken care of. Uh, they didn't realize exactly what it was. Maybe they did, they did their deal diligence and didn't realize mm-hmm. he was going to be uh, pleading guilty to a, uh, to a felony. Mm-hmm. And they, they let him go immediately. That was a, you know, on a talent level, could the Browns use Kendricks? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Headache? No, you don't. Any team can. Right. And do you want this headache? No. So you let him go. Same thing with Josh Gordon. Josh Gordon uh, was given the opportunity. He missed most of training camp, you know, to try to get himself right for the season mentally, emotionally. And I I respect that. I do. And I've said that in the past. I said there's nothing wrong with that if it really, truly needed to be done. Uh, However, he pulls a hamstring during a – commercial shoot a, a promotional thing for himself for his own mm-hmm. brand and in the process you know sh- doesn't show up on time to therapy for that uh it's not going to travel with the team so i think the Browns made the exact you know when they made the announcement last sunday that they were going to release him on monday they made the right choice uh and in the process they've gotten something for him because they ended up you know putting him on the on the trading blocks and they got yep. something for him now, as for the trade, as simple as this, uh, supposedly the trade was going to be work out for a six-round draft pick, but the but the Patriots don't have a six-round draft pick this year. So they got the fifth. So they got a fifth-round draft pick. So in the process of getting up one round uh, to make the deal work, the Browns would have to give up a seventh-round pick, which is the difference between the two, if Gordon is not active for ten yep. games. So hey, all right, fine. I can live with that. You're going to get a fifth-round draft pick no matter what. If you lose a seventh round, I'm not going to cry. Um, you got nope. something that that Saturday night you thought you were going to get zero for. So you got something out of nothing. And we'll see exactly yeah. what that turns into next year. It could be nothing again. Then again, you never know. 
It could be the next Tom Brady, which has happened. Uh, you know, those type of things in the fifth and sixth round. So anything is possible. And we'll just wait and see. Uh, but I do. I expect the Browns to win tomorrow night. And it's a too. lot of fun. And, uh, you know, they need the win. I mean, they it, bring in a new kicker this week uh, without experience at the NFL level. We'll see how good or bad he is. Uh, you know, we'll see what January. Well, yeah, it could be the same. You're right. It could be the same. He could miss all his field goals that are important. You yeah. never know. Mm -hmm. uh, you don't know what chances are going to come about. We'll see what Joseph can do. Uh, Gonzalez shown in the last last season, his rookie year, and this year that there were times where the moment got to him and he couldn't mm -hmm. handle it. And when you only won one game in the last uh, – Two plus seasons, you have to make a change, and they did, and it's the correct thing to do. And we'll go on there, you know, from from that point on. It's it's uh, like I said, I think the Browns are in great shape for tomorrow night. We'll see what happens, and uh, I'm uh, like I said, I love beating the Steelers, love it all the time, and because uh, I have friends and family who are Steeler fans, mm -hmm. uh, enjoy beating the Broncos when and those <laughs> have happened back in the day. Uh, however, I probably enjoy beating the Jets as much, if not more, than any other team in the NFL. So let's uh, let's get a victory for me and for the Browns, and uh, we'll come back next week all smiles. As uh, it should be fun, and I, I'm looking forward to it. But that's my take on both that the uh, you know Gordon thing. I think it's it's an addition by subtraction for the Browns. I agree with in the that. long term. It's, I want to see what Callaway can do anyways. This kid has talent. And I think the message was sent to Callaway who comes in with that big question mark from the draft because of his background. Mm -hmm. He's just seen two legitimate yep. all pros let go because of their yep. behavior. So I think as a rookie, you can't get a, a stronger message sent saying this is your your opportunity to take the wheel and run with it, take the ball and run with it as wide route. And I think he may, because that, that 50 yard touchdown pass from, from uh, Taylor uh, showed on fourth down that this kid has the ability to, to break open and he can be as impactive as maybe as Gordon has, and maybe more because chances are he'll be on the field and Gordon will never be on the field. Yeah, I agree with that. It's, um, Anytime, and we were talking about this off the air a couple weeks ago in regards to YSU, that you got to learn how to win first. And the Browns are in that process right now, and Sunday was a very good example of they're awfully better. There's, there's much better talent. Uh, the coaching seems to be better, but they still got to learn how to win. And what John Dorsey is doing right now is building the bottom – groundwork and layer of a cultural and you're with us and you're all in with us or you're not. And we're going to bring guys in that are completely in. Um, so I, I love the move of getting rid of Gordon. I think it's long overdue. And I think the Browns as an offense now might, might get a little better because they got some playmakers out there. You mentioned Callaway. We know Jarvis Landry. Uh, Duke Johnson is tremendous out of the backfield catching the ball. He can even uh, slide in the slot. And Joku keeps getting better each game. 
And look, you're going to have to win games ugly. The Browns are not built to score a lot of points right now and blow teams out. You're going to have to grind out games. It's, you know, there are some offensive drives and has where it's going to be like watching a root canal. But then there's going to be time Sunday where on fourth and five they hit a 50-yard pass, and you're like, okay, these guys might – you know, it's going to take a lot of time. But obviously through two games this year, uh, the Cleveland Browns are in much better shape than they have been the past four or five years. They got legitimate NFL players on offense this year, first time in a while. Um, the, the quarterback position is – and I know Tyrod Taylor is not – the guy for the future and he's not the fans golden boy but i tell you what i watched Deshaun Kaiser play against the bears last week and he looked awful so yeah. high regular and, and the defense is gonna have to keep him in games and that's completely fine the broncos defense kept them in so many games a couple years ago and i'm not saying the Broncos are gonna go on a broncos type run but I think what Seattle did when they won the Super Bowl, and I have very bad nightmares of that, is you win with defense first. And you get an offense that is, you know, look, last year after week two, we said the Browns are the worst team in the NFL. And, and by week three or four, we said, well, this team probably won't win a game. This year, they're going to be in a lot of games, and they're going to lose a lot of knuckleheaded games still. But they're going to win some games that they probably – have no business of winning. And as an outsider who does not have a rooting interest in the Browns or Steelers, I'm not going to totally say that the Browns are in a better position, but sitting here week three, I mean, if I'm a Steelers fan, I'm a lot more worried than I'm, if I'm a Browns fan because the Browns defense is actually has, has playmakers over it. And the Steelers are in big trouble. I mean, the Steelers legitimately could start out, 0-4-1, and 0-5-1. And I'm not saying they're going to, but they have a chance. Yes, they by do. Week, by week five or six, the Browns could be 3-2-1, and one, you know, 2-3-1. and one. So, um, I agree with you. I like the Browns to win tomorrow night. And I'll even go as far as saying this. I will like the Cleveland Browns to win tomorrow, and I like them by 10 points or more. I can agree with that. And I'll say this too, Sam Donald throws three picks because um, he's a good back. He had me against the Lions. Uh, he took a step back last week against the Dolphins who didn't last year. Um, but if you got pass rush, sometimes Sam Donald tends to get happy feet and struggle. And with Miles Garrett coming off the corner, he's a totally different player than he was last year. This guy is fully healthy. And he's a force off the edge. And the Browns have a nice secondary. I mean, they went in New Orleans and, and a Saints team who, who scored 40, 42 against the Buccaneers. And Drew Brees threw from his 500 yards. They, they made Brees work for every single completion. So um, I like the Browns and I like them by uh, double figures tomorrow. All right. That's that's our NFL talk. Unless you got something about the Broncos you want to expose about. The only thing I got to say about the Broncos, it's it's ugly. It's like I said, like watching a root canal. Uh, Von Miller is absolutely incredible. Thank God we got him over Cam Newton. 
and it's always fun to beat the Raiders. Yes, it it's is. It's always fun to beat the Silver. And you know what? And that's who the, have a good chance next I week. Was, I was just going to say, they'll have 10 days to prepare for the Raiders. Yep. And they don't have Camille Mack no more. So, uh, nope. <laughs> it's, it actually uh, – Think they balls, miss him? Holy moly. Chucky Ball is going to – might be expensive ball for the, for the Raiders in the next 10 years. We'll have to wait and see. Yeah, uh, yeah that offense is uh, – I mean – Heck, Derek Carr was 23 of 28 against us, and they only scored 19 points. Yeah. So, so uh, they got a lot of work to do out there, and I'm I'm not shedding a tear. Nah, I don't think as, anybody is. As you know, my feelings towards the silver and black. Amen to that. All right, let's turn the page and talk about our Cleveland Indians, who have won their third straight mm-hmm. American League Central Division, and never in doubt from uh, day one. I've been saying that all season long, never in doubt, from day one of the season. They were the best team in that in that uh, division, and they proved it once again. Uh, first team to clinch, and what a great timing, too, because now they have, you know, this last, uh, I think we're down to, what, 10 games left in the season right now, so they have the opportunity yeah, to set up fine. there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 10 set, or 11. yeah, basically about 10, 10 games left in the season. You're going to have uh, Bauer come back and pitch on Friday night. Yeah, uh, starting Friday's game. Mm-hmm. We had Kluber pitch last night phenomenally. And uh, most importantly, you had Andrew Miller, who looked absolutely filthy. But uh, yes, he Andrew looked at Miller, it. Yes, Andrew Miller. Andrew Miller looked like Andrew Miller for the first time mm-hmm. this year. That's very encouraging moving forward. I expect to see him pitch maybe even tonight. Definitely yeah, I tomorrow. think they want to pitch him tonight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we'll see what, where it goes from there. But I'm very encouraged where the Indians stand. The addition of Donaldson is huge. I love the move. We didn't get a chance to talk about this that much. Uh, what a play by uh, the front office and and everyone involved. This is a uh, it's a gutsy play to make this late in the season to mess with your your starters to put your second baseman in center field, move your third base for the second base and bring in a Josh Donaldson. But you got to remember, this guy is a former MVP uh, player, and uh, it's going to be interesting. He is bad. If it can catch – you've already seen he makes good contact. If it can get on fire come October, I mean, that's just huge. Him batting behind in Carcion mm-hmm. uh, extends the lineup. You have, you know, what I said, what Cabrera did for the lineup. You're going to tend yep. to hear what Donaldson can do. And what a, what a huge move for the Indians – on that level, I, I really, truly like where the Indians are sitting. Uh, we know we're going to take on the Astros. It's a short series, five games. Yes, it's going to be a pitching-dominated series. They have Verlander. They have Cole. I mean, they have good pitching. Yes, they Their do. bullpen is very good. So it's going to come down to mistakes and opportunities for these two teams. You know, which ones can cash in? Both lineups are going to be extremely good. I think we're, we're going to see a dynamic series between those two uh, teams, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, obviously, we're 100% in the boat for the Indians, and we'll see what happens. But I really like where they stand and where they're headed because I honestly believe, uh, I've said this before, get into the playoffs and have an opportunity. And this team, with the additions that they have made during this season, bringing in now Donaldson, uh, to bring in, in obviously hand and cinder, you know, for the bullpen. I I think the mm-hmm. Indians are actually putting the, one of one of their best products going into October. 
uh, during the uh, Francona era. And then that's, you know, you look how un- you look at all the injuries they dealt with in 2016 and you compare to this year. Yes, they still injuries because you got Bauer coming off the broken leg. You know, mm-hmm. you have other problems that, you know, you had Miller this year, you know, with all his problems, but they seem to be behind them. And if that's the case going I forward, I honestly love where the Indians are. It's going to not going to be easy. Nothing's ever easy, especially I think LeBron James said it best. Nothing is ever easy in Cleveland. No. Everything's hard and everything's earned. And if the Indians move on and have the opportunity to play for the ALCS and the World Series and hopefully win it all, it's all going to be earned. Nothing's going to be given to them. Every step of the way matters. And, you know, I'll give, like I said, give credit to LeBron James. He always says nothing in Cleveland is easy. Everything is earned. And I think the Indians understand that more than ever before. And they're ready to earn their opportunity to win a championship. Oh, you bring up a great point. This is, you know, honestly, this year has been a lot of stopping and starting. It seems like they get going and then they, you know, it's almost like sputtering. Um, But when you sit back and look, and you better have a great point, this is the healthiest they will be come October 5th when the playoffs start than they have been in a long time. You know, you brought up a great point. In 16, they were down Brantley, and they were down Carrasco, and they were, you know, they were down all these guys. And even last year, too, Brantley wasn't 100%. Chisholm Hall wasn't 100%. Encarnacion goes out in game two. You, you know, it, it's huge to get Bauer back now, get him pitching Friday, pitch him a couple of days later. I really like their mentality with Kluber. Make sure he's on normal rest come October 5th. And if that means giving him a start, completely fine. You know, um, but I really like you said, that this is the healthiest they've been in a long time. And we all know what the Astros bring. The Astros probably are, I would pencil them as the favorites right now. I know Boston's really good. But you're the best until somebody dethrones you. And Houston's the best. Um, and if you look at the Red Sox record against playoff teams, they're two and two against us. We have a three-gamer starting a Friday against them. They're three and four against the Astros. And, you know, so it's not like they're dominating these teams. I know everybody sees the 103 wins and be and it's like, wow, they're, you know. And I think the Indians going in are in a much better spot than they were last year. You're not – you know, Kipnis isn't going to center field for you know, the first time in in years. He looked good. He's looked more comfortable and better each inning he's out there. His bat's starting to pick up. I tell you what, Yandy Diaz is swinging absolutely incredible bat, and he's going to be fun to watch. And he can, and he can. You know, there's going to be a guy that steps up um, that you weren't thinking about. Uh, to help this team win. 2016 is Roberto Perez coming up with three monster home runs in that series. Um, I like what you said, though. This is, you know, they were the clear-cut favorite all year with everybody in their division rebuilding. And I really think it's it. And I know it's a lot of, well, you should beat these teams, but it's tough to get motivated. It's human nature. When When you're not being pushed, and seemingly you haven't had a meaningful game, it, 
and I know Frank kind of says every game is meaningful, and it is. But when you take over first place April 18th and you don't give it up since then, it's tough to get motivated when you're up 18 games. You know, I, I think the slumps are out of the way. You cannot tell me that Lindor and Ramirez are going to go two for 35, wherever they were last year against the Yankees. They're not going to go two for 35. So that has me feeling good. I have never seen, and I've watched Indians baseball a long time, maybe outside of Albert Bell, I have never seen a guy swing as violently as Josh Donaldson. And if he can just give you, like you said, if he can give you three good weeks, 260, 270 with some pop, oh, man, because his glove, he's made a couple nice plays at third. Um, yeah, I'm not worried about his defense. His defense is I, what it is, and he's proven and that over time. What he brings to the club is insurance in a sense. Yep. Yes. He, baseball today is an all-or-nothing game. You either strike out or you hit the home run. You know, you either strike out or drive in the run, that type of thing. And, uh, yeah, he's going to strike out a few times. I mean, that's yep. just who he is. And, however, he brings uh, that element, that – Pitchers have to pitch to him. And, you know, when he's hot, he's hot. We've seen oh, that yeah. in the past. And it'll be interesting to see how it handles. It's a lot of pressure put on a guy who's coming off an injury, who's been traded to a new team, who went down on a rehab for 10 days and now has, you know, two weeks to get ready for the postseason. It's a lot of uh, a pressure to put on one person. Uh, we'll see how it all works out in the end. I think it's – it's a win-win scenario for the for the Indians, and you know I like I rather have Josh Donaldson than not have him. And uh, I agree with that. Run. And we'll you know he may be one of the shortest stint Cleveland Indians of all time, but he may become one of the most favorite Cleveland Indians of all time. I agree and, with that, and that's just the way the system is today. And there's nothing wrong with that. And uh, kudos to the Cleveland Indians organization, Antoniti, and all of them for uh, bringing them in because uh, they did what they had to do this year. They rebuilt this team as the season went along. They never panicked. They had a plan. And they were able to land not just the best reliever on the market, they, but they got a, a, a right-handed reliever to come with them in that deal. Not the, And what did they do at, at the waiver deadline? They were able to get the most likely the most impact bat available. Mm -hmm. So – uh, kudos to the Cleveland Indians for what they have they have done to put their team in the best situation to win in October. And like I said, Andrew Miller's back. We'll see how it goes. You, you got hand. And you know what? Oliver Perez, you can't discount he's what he's really brought. good. You can't discount he what he is. You can't discount what he has brought to this team all season long. What Oliver Perez has done has been nothing but more than uh, a professional pitcher who's come in and does the job. Chances are you'll have three left-handed relievers coming in out of the bullpen, and you'll probably have a three righties in the bullpen for that first series, and we'll see how it all works out. You know, you're going you're, you're gonna to throw Kluber and Carrasco against Verlander and Kurt, Cole, and we're going to yep. see who, who wins. And, and I'm quite honest with you, Verlander may win the, the, uh, the Cy Young this year. And, you know, uh, Kluber could win it. I know there's, you know, others, you know, sell down in Tampa Bay and what he has done. And, uh, you know, obviously, uh, you know, Chris sales up in Boston, there's, there's, there's a lot of 
a lot of players who can do something special this year on that award. It's not the end of the world. I care less about that. But yeah, I'm just I saying we're, we're facing – you're going to face the cream of the crop the rest of the way uh, when October rolls around. And it's going to be a lot of fun because uh, if Bauer can be impactful either as a starter or potentially as a reliever, uh, it, could be, it could be really interesting makeup for this Indians team going forward. And uh, I'm really looking forward to the next 10 days because uh, we're going to see some good baseball going into the postseason. And we're going to line this up and, uh, you know, put our ducks out there and see what happens. And uh, I like I like our players. I like the position they're going to be in. And I like where the Indians sit. Uh, you know, uh, someone said, oh, oh, the Yankees are much so much better. And, and, no. and oh, no, let me finish here. The Yankees are so much better and so is Oakland and Boston. Well, Boston's like Cleveland. They're going to win their division. Yep. They, they have – they know what they're going to face the wild card. A winner. Uh, I'd rather be Cleveland every time and not have to play the one game playoff. I, and yep. quite honest with you, I, if I had to be uh, concerned about one team, it's Oakland. I think Oakland right now is playing some really good baseball and coming into that one game playoff. I don't care if it's in New York or if it's in Oakland, they're going to give you their best shot. And quite honest with you, I like Oakland's pitching better than New York's. Uh, I think New York's bullpen is not necessarily at its best. Obviously, their their starters are terrible, and you know they're not. You know, they just they just don't have a, a reliable uh, reliever uh, starter. They're going to start Hap probably in that in that in that one game playoff because they mm-hmm. don't really have anybody else to start. So we'll see what happens. But I would take the Cleveland Indians in their scenario and have their opportunity against. Houston versus uh, a one-game playoff for the rights to play at Boston. Yeah, I agree with you. And um, I think the loss of Manaya for Oakland is going to be big. But like you said, it's – I mean, for a team who went out and spent all this money uh, talking about the Yankees, I – if – and this is obviously foreshadowing and it's, you know, a, a lot of what-ifs and I don't – and we hate playing that game in sports – uh, but if we were to advance it past Houston and the Yankees were to get past Oakland and Boston, I like our chances a lot against the Yankees. I like our like, chances, period, but I know what you're saying. Yeah, against the, yeah, match, I, against the Yankees, it should work out. Look, I'll, I'll say this. The Yankees have a great lineup, and they're going to try to slug their way to a World Series. It's difficult to do, especially if yeah. you're giving up seven, eight runs a game. And it's very possible that's going to happen. Or you bull, you blow out your bullpen trying to stay in ball games, And their bullpen right now has struggled. So we'll see exactly how good the New York Yankees are the rest of the way and into that one-game playoff. I like Oakland in that one-game playoff. I don't care if it's in New York or if it's in Oakland. Um, I, love what, I love the makeup of the A's. If I have a dark horse to be the AL champion, it's, it's the Oakland A's. The A's remind me a lot of our 2016 team. Yes. I think they have that potential to make a run in the playoffs better than most people recognize. I agree with that. Uh, New York last year got past the Indians because the Indians actually just had a string of bad luck, and the Yankees were hot at the right time, and that's all part of baseball. And, you you know, kudos for them for what they achieved. But Houston, you know, was able to win that series because they were the better team. 
and Houston went on to win the World Series because they're the better team. The American League has all the best teams in baseball. Whoever represents the, the American League in the World Series should have a two to one, maybe There's, three to one odd favorite to win the World Series. And I'm not a betting guy. I'm just saying when you get right down to it, I I know it's a short series, a seven game series, anything can happen. I just like the American League team, no matter who it is, this year to win it all. Yeah, I agree with that. I think, obviously, if you can get past Houston, uh, presumably Boston, there's not a team in the National League that uh, scares. Every team's good, and any team that gets the World Series is going to be deserving. The only team that I would feel a little bit hesitant to pick us against is St. Louis. But like you said, it's, let's focus on getting better, getting a groove these next two weeks. And most we'll important focus. right now is to finish the regular season strong Yep, and, and get ready for that five-game series against Houston because that's who yep. you're going to play. Everybody knows it. And let's just, you know, be at our best going into that series. And without a question, in my opinion, the Indians are sitting in this situation better than most people realize. And if this team gets healthy and plays and they get a few players hot at the right time, it can go a long way. Look out. Yep. And uh, let's hope 2018 is the year of the Wahoo, the year of Chief Wahoo and the Indians. I hope so. I, you know, I really hope that November, whatever, whatever day it is, I hope that weekday in November, you and I are taking off work to go up there to parade. Yeah, it would be nice. I've already told my CEO, I said, if we want it all, I, I'll be at that parade. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll broadcast, uh, not necessarily live, but we'll bring the recorder in part. Podcast yes, from we will. Yes, from, we from will. We'll be talking to fans and everything else. So, Yes, be- we will. What a uh, – man, you can only dream about that, huh? Yeah, it sounds good. Let's, let's, make, it a, let's make it a reality. Let's hope this is the, uh, of the year we go all the way, huh? Well, let's let's make it a reality. Let's make that that parade for the Cavaliers look like uh, just an average Fourth of July parade. Man, can you imagine if the Indians win the World Series? Good lord, it'd be fun. It, it'll be fun. Let's just let's just leave it there. Let's let's enjoy yep. the ride. Let's see exactly. where it takes us, and let, let's let's enjoy uh, the postseason that's, that's is about to begin. And I really truly want to get at hey we got about 10 minutes left here yep Mm -hmm. so let's get back into some football if you don't okay and uh we got high school football on yeah espn 1570 on friday we have hubbard taking on howland and uh kickoff is at 7 p.m our our time 6 45 we'll have interviews with both teams uh head coaches and everything else going into that matt amps yours truly and anthony will be with us Mm -hmm. uh bringing in that ball game as we mentioned saturday we are going to go into the collegiate level uh, with Carnegie Mellon. But right now, let's look at the uh, the the computer points. It's time yeah. to bring out the computer points the rest it's of the It's already computer points time. And speaking of our game with Hubbard, let's look at uh, Division Four, Region 13. This is the uh, cowbell of divisions here locally. This is the one that has everybody in it that matters. And it should be a lot of fun looking at the – some of the uh, the teams, Hubbard's on top in the uh, division, in the region. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have a 8.925 rating. 
They are undefeated in four games. Perry comes in at number two. Poland Seminary at three. Carlton at four. There's your top four. Your top, your bottom four looks this way. is Steubenville, Cuyahoga Falls, Christian Academy, Salem. Cardinal Mooney is at number eight. And then – How about that first round matchup yeah. maybe, huh? Yeah. Uh, how – you know, it would be like last year when we had Poland and uh, Mooney. And that yeah. was a great game that we had last year when we brought – Absolutely brought, phenomenal. Uh, so – uh, a lot of great, you know, opportunities here. But this is the cowbell. I don't care what – you can tell me any other no, this, region locally, but this is it. You know, this is always the region, four region, it, it's the region of, yeah. of it's doom, the, basically. Yep. This is, this is our region right now. This is the one that matters in our – you know, in Mahoning and Trouble County. And uh, just to let you know, Struthers comes in at number 10. East Liverpool comes in at 11. Gerard comes in at 13. Uh, Lakeview comes in at number 20, and Ursuline is winless at tied for 23 in the uh, region. So a lot of local teams in there that uh, will all matter. And uh, it's going to be an interesting – I mean, we're only 40% done. We'll be 50% done come Friday of, this, of the high school football season. We've stated it many times before. It is the fastest 10 weeks of the year, and it's proven itself again. But uh, Hubbard taking on – Howland on Friday night, and that'll be on ESPN 1570, and we'll have that game for you as uh, we continue to cover it. But, yeah, this is going to be uh, a great, great matchups. And uh, Poland's 4-0 and sitting at number three. Hubbard's 4-0 and sitting at number one. Perry's 3-1 and and sitting at mm-hmm. number two. Tells you how quality their victories were. Yep. And we got the same. I want to give a – I want to get away from uh, the – region of death real quick and to just give a personal shout out uh, to the Canfield Cardinals uh, my cousins and assistant offensive line coach and once again the Cardinals are 4-0 in the regular season they are now on a 17 game regular season win streak and coming number one in uh, region, region 9 division 3 so uh, congratulations them on the great start a monster matchup this week uh, computer points wise, and just an overall test, their first big test of the year against uh, three and one Struthers, and then, uh, and then, I might be a little biased, but might be the game of the uh, might be the game of the area next week when uh, Canfield and Morgan play. What a tremendous matchup that should be! Two yeah. playoff teams up at Canfield. Um, but just a quick personal shout out. I know we wanted to get into the uh, computer rankings. Uh, Joe Edward does a great job, uh, but. Uh, congratulations again to Canfield uh, for the hot 4-0 start and uh, being ranked number one in Division Three, Region 9. You know, Borman plays Mooney this week, and how big Ooh. is that for both those two? And how big is that going to be for Canfield next week, especially if Borman wins and uh, the potential of added points to that game for both just, teams? Just monster. It's um, – I know Canfield hasn't played a great schedule yet, but you can only play who your uh, schedule dictates. And uh, it's pretty incredible for a public school to go on a win streak like this. Of They were 10-0 last year for this year's 14. So it's getting up near 20 in a row uh, uh, for regular season win streak, which is obviously incredible. It um, is. And you know what? The Cardinals have done a great job of, of- – uh, really building that program in the last four or five years. It I think it's a while to get there. And yep. once you get there, you want to continue it. And they really have. And, you know, I'm hoping 
that we have an opportunity to see them this year. We didn't get a I would chance love to see them last year. It is something that's, you know, it will be – we're going to have to look at the schedule and see if we can find a game in the next couple of weeks that they may be able to fit into our, our – Yeah, it'd be awesome to uh, – it'd be awesome to cover uh, the Cardinals. And I think uh, Mike Pavlansky is one of the best, if not the best, coaches in our area. What he's done there at Canfield is uh, – just really incredible. You got to take your hat off to him um, for the consistent excellence that he's uh, that he's continued to reach at Canfield. Obviously, a state title game appearance, a couple regional cha- uh, championship appearances, tons of uh, conference uh, championships, and uh, what I like about Coach Pav is each week they continue to get better. And they're a better team in October, November than they are in August and September. That's when you want to be playing your best football. And uh, Canfield, you know, when they're – there's a lot of games where they're not picked to win and they're the underdog. And that's where Coach Pav's at his best right there. So, uh, good luck to them this week as they take on Struthers and uh, look to continue the hot start uh, that I don't think many of us saw coming. I uh, I saw them seven and three this year, maybe eight and two, and it could turn out to be that way. Uh, but you start four and zero. Oh, that's obviously uh, pretty incredible after losing all that they did last year after the regional championship appearance team. So, all right, we got w- uh, another region to get into real quickly yep. here. That is, of course, Division Five, Region Seventeen, and on top of that is the LeBray Vikings, who you and I got to see this year. Yes, uh, earlier against John F. Kennedy in the first. Uh, actually, in game number two of the season, mm-hmm. they have an interesting such a scenario ahead of them. Yep. And what I say by that is they are at top of the region, but they legitimately can win all 10 games and still not be in the best scenario simply because their schedule is not producing enough wins right now. And that's uh, incredible. Uh, Connie Ott uh, continues to win. So they've won three in a row since they lost their – the opener to uh, LeBray. Mm-hmm. Kennedy's one and three. Uh, obviously, we know that. Lakeview's one and three. They're having a down season. Uh, wow. Cam- Camel's winless. Champion uh, will probably continue their winless ways. Liberty's three and one. That's going to be a big game on the 28th uh, between mm-hmm. uh, those two schools. And that's something we're going to have to look at uh, for ESPN 1572 as a possibility to try to pick up that game. And then Newton Falls on the uh, fifth. They're three and one. Uh, LeBray needs those two schools to continue to win. You know, if they could earn, as a matter of fact, all three of those schools, LeBray, uh, Liberty, and Newton Falls need to continue to win games and uh, to help each other out within this region because those will be big, big wins, whoever wins those games against each other. And, but then they have Brookfield, who's struggling at one and three. They got Gerard, who's three and one. And they got Jefferson area who is 0-4. But they right now have three teams that are winless on their schedule. And they mm-hmm. have one, two, three teams with only one win in four games. So uh, under the, the system with the computer points where your opponent's wins matter. Yep. The, I, think the, I think the Vikings will be okay, but they could definitely use some uh, – some help. I mean, if Champion could get a win, if, if Canwell Memorial could find a way to get a win, that's going to help them. Uh, yep. Obviously, Jefferson area, too, because they're not very good. 
any of these teams that find some wins along the season as LeBray, I mean, LeBray has a legitimate shot at 10 and 0 this year. I know we don't like to get too far advanced, but mm-hmm. they have, uh, you know, the big game against Liberty uh, in two weeks. And then they have Gerard week nine, week nine. Yeah. That's going to be a monster back. contest. Yeah. That, that could be for the uh, playoff spot right there. I know you and I were talking about that off the air. Right. Uh, that could be uh, the de facto playing game, so to speak. And you wouldn't think a undefeated or one-loss team would be playing that kind of game. But uh, unfortunately, with their schedule the way it is and a lot of winless teams not getting many computer points for them, uh, that is a bigger game than once believed. Right. Real quickly, that, that top eight in uh, mm-hmm. in Region 17 looks this way. You have LeBray. You have Akron, Manchester, Gilmore Academy, Beachwood, Wycliffe, Orville, Sandy Valley, and Garfield. Uh, so it's going to be very, very interesting. And then you have two local teams on the outside of that top eight. At number 10, we have mm-hmm. uh, Crestview, who we've seen last week. Yep. And also you have uh, South Range, which is two and two, sitting at number 12. We had the big year last year. And, you know, that will be interesting to see. And champions down at 24. Uh, but that is uh, how that region uh, stacks up. So it'll be interesting to see how the Vikings and uh, them handle it all. But it will be important for those, uh, those schools going forward. And as I mentioned, that uh, week nine game could be huge between uh, Gerard and LeBray for both schools. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's obviously um... – one of the games we have circled on our calendars, as I'm sure many people in our field do. I have not yet seen a LeBrace year. I've seen Gerard, and uh, Gerard's – you want to talk about efficient offense. I know JFK's down. Uh, Mark Wade's tremendous. He's fun to watch. And so is the receiver. The name forgets me. Uh, number one, the slot receiver. Oh, man, that kid can blow the top off defenses. So, uh, they're a fun team to watch. And that, uh, that LeBrace – a Gerard game may be uh, first to 50 wins. <laughs> you may be right. You may be right. It will be, I imagine, a packed uh, oh, stadium yeah. at Arrowhood Stadium. I believe that game is at. Uh, yes, it is. Yep. So it should be good. Uh, real quickly, a region 21 in Division 6. Mogador's at number one. Kirtland's at two. Uh, Slaneville Southern is at three. Rootstown from uh, Trumbull County is at four. Yep. Uh, Garraway. From Sugar Creek is at five. Middle New Middletown Springfield is at six. That's a local team that we all have to keep an eye on. Uh, Steubenville good Catholic, team too. Yeah, Steubenville Catholic, uh, who plays JFK this week, comes in at number eight. The Blue Devils from McDonald come in at number nine. And the Blue Devils from Berlin Center, uh, Western Reserve, come in at number 10. Liberty's at number 12. Uh, and Newton Falls is at 16. This is another loaded area uh, a load of region for our area with a lot of quality schools that have an opportunity and again it's going to come down to schedules and wins and you know and who you win against and how many wins they achieve during the season that's going to matter uh, especially for like mcdonald mcdonald is kind of in that same category mm-hmm. a really good team with a weak schedule and, yeah and, and unfortunately there's a lot of that this year around the area there's a lot of really good football teams 
McDonald, LeBray, Gerard, we've already touched on them. Uh, Western Reserve is undefeated. Um, I know Reserve has a a chance down the line to pick up a lot of points when they play Springfield later in the year, and they play McDonald's at the end of the year in their big rivalry game. Um, you know, there's a lot of good teams this year that are going to have eight, nine, ten wins that are going to be sweating it out come uh, that Saturday, Sunday when uh, the final rankings come out. And talking about McDonald and their schedule being weak, uh, this is, you know, they – their four wins came against Brookfield, Columbiana, Champion, and Waterloo. And they have three wins and 13 losses between those four schools. Mm-hmm. That's the problem. Uh, obviously, yeah. the McDonald-Springfield game this Friday is huge. Two undefeated teams. Whoever wins that one's going to get a lot of points. Uh, unfortunately for the Blue Devils, for McDonald, they get Jackson Milton, 0-4, Middle Ridge, 0-4 after that. Sebring, yep. who may not have a team left. No. That, uh, they have 15 kids. They're down to 13 last I heard. 13. Wow. Yes. And, and they may not have a team come October. Uh, they're 0-4. Western Reserve is 4-0. That's the only team with a with a winning record they'll face. And Lowville is 1-3. So, McDonald's not in good shape because the schedule is weak. And they're a good team, a fun team to watch. Uh, Selly's a phenomenal uh, guy. They got playing at quarterback, and they have a lot of great talent on that team. And it's going to be interesting to see how this all works out. But McDonald has a very weak schedule this year, and it may come back to haunt them. And that goes the same with West Reserve. It's going to have the same type of problem. Uh, They, again, have a weak schedule because there's just not enough wins in that schedule to miss necessarily qualify for the playoffs. Yeah, it's um like I said, it's gonna be extremely difficult for those teams to um uh, qualify regardless and any game they get against a halfway decent team, they have to win. It's every game now is a must win and they gotta become big fans of their opponents to win some games. And real quickly in uh region twenty five from division seven uh, Wyndham, the Bombers come in at 4-0. They are at number two. Cuyahoga Heights is at one. Mapleton, Mapleton is at three. Fairfort Harding is at four. Latonia is mm-hmm. at five. St. John School from Ashtabula, six. Valley Christian from Youngstown is at seven. Wellsville is at eight. Lisbon comes in at number 10. Uh, let's see. John F. Kennedy uh, comes in at 18. So... Those are some of the local school. Uh, Lowville comes in at 20. Uh, those are all our kind of a local teams here mm-hmm. in, in both uh, Mahoning and Trumbull County. Obviously, Latoni is the big surprise. However, yeah. uh, I don't know if the Bears can continue uh, on the pace they did at the beginning of the season, winning the first three. They, again, a small school with small numbers. I'm not saying they won't have a team, just the opposite. Yeah. I think they'll play every game, but I think uh, last week showed the – the crack in the armor of yep. what type of uh, a team that, that they are. They could be just fortunate enough with a, a quality schedule early, in a sense, with teams that they could beat, and they did. Mm-hmm. And we'll see if the Bears continue to win uh, as the season goes on. But I'm not optimistic about them hanging in the top eight. Yeah, the fighting Ron Potestas obviously are uh, much improved this year. Uh, they got some nice speed, uh, from what I've heard. 
Uh, but it's going to be tough with, you know, like you said, maybe they got the other uh, luck of a softer front portion of the schedule and the back half is um, a little more loaded. Yeah, there's no question about that. That'll be a matter of fact, uh, their front, their their first three wins came against Lowville, Matthews, and Southington. Now, Southington was three and one, so that's their, where they're getting most of their points from. They lost to Columbiana. That was their first win of the season was against Latonia, and they, they blew them out 49 to 14. Uh, they have Toronto. They take on Lisbon, East Palestine, United, Wellsville, and Southern the rest of the way. And that's a tough schedule for, for, yep. for Latonia. Uh, however, they were winless last year. So for them just to be in the conversation is huge. It's incredible, yeah. You know, give uh, Coach Julia a lot of credit for what he has done to try to turn around that program in a very short time. Uh, and I know uh, many people down in Latonia are very happy with the results early. And uh, that's good to see. I don't like to yep. see any school struggle. Uh, routinely and uh, you know what's happening excuse me in spring and uh, Sebring and others is, mm-hmm. is, is rough and champion it's another school that's you know continues to have a uh, a long losing streak and uh, yep we just kind of hope Niles is going through that themselves yep so there's a lot of schools in our area who are having um less than success I should say uh the last few years yeah yeah it's um you never want to see it any team go 0-10, um, and unfortunately you talked about, you know, we saw a champion, and you can't help but root for uh, Coach McGlynn out there. and um, He's trying to build a whole new culture from the ground up, and, you know, they're more competitive, we thought. Uh, they've they've had a rough last uh, two or three games, uh, but hopefully they can uh, sneak out a win or two in these last five weeks. As we get going uh, real quickly in Division Two, Region Five, uh, the Portman Spartans come in at number three, a three and one. They take on Mooney, mm-hmm. as we mentioned. Warren Harding at two and two is at six. Youngstown East, the yep. beat from Youngstown East, three and one overall, and their one loss to Boardman uh, coming at number eight. So yes, and. This is going to be an interesting, interesting region as it goes forward. Real quickly to go through it, Archbishop Hoban at one, Maple Heights at two, Sporban at three, Garfield Heights at four, Nodonia at five, Warren Harding at six, Riverside from Painesville at seven, and Youngstown East at eight. So it should be very interesting going forward how this all works forward, uh, out for both these, all those three schools that are in the top eight. Uh, locally, because they all, I believe, have a chance. And uh, what a story if Youngstown East can make the playoffs. Yeah, what uh, the job uh, they've done over there is absolutely incredible. Um, and we've heard a lot of good things about them this year with them being a little more competitive, and they're showing it. Outside of the week one game against Boardman, they got beat. Uh, they're off to a great start, and hopefully they can uh, keep that up. And uh, who knows? Uh, the Canfield East game in a couple of weeks might be a little bigger than people once thought at the beginning of the year. So um, Rick Sheppard has done a great job in trying to turn around uh, the Youngstown city city schools athletic department and, you know, yeah, uh, getting them on the right track. So he really has. I mean, the, the entire organization has come a long way to, uh, to make that happen. 
and there's no question about it. So, yeah, that's another region we're going to have to pay attention yep. to is in Division Two, just to see how that all works out. Because you got Warren Harding, you got Borman, you got Youngstown East, and right now mm-hmm. all three of them uh, qualify the playoffs. And the playoffs yep. begin this week. So, yep. I know it's only four weeks into the season. A lot of football still to be played, but the next six weeks are going to fly by. And like I said, after Friday, it'll be half over of the regular yeah. season. I want to take this moment real quick to uh, thank a friend of mine who supplied the highlights to the Borman Erie McDowell game this past week for the podcast on the on the scoreboard show. Uh, Ray Reinstorf uh, met, uh, cut them up and sent them to me for where we'd have them, and uh, he's going to do it again in a couple of weeks. When they play uh, Fitch, when right? they play Fitch, exactly. Mm-hmm. So, and then. Uh, during their playoff run, I hope that he, uh, he'll send us that and we'll have that on the, the scoreboard show, too, for our Western Pennsylvania fans. So mm-hmm. uh, it should be a lot of good things going on. So I'm, I'm actually kind of excited about this uh, football season as we get throwing. It's going to be interesting. A lot of schools, it's kind of feast or famine this year. A lot of them are down, not winning enough games. It's going to hurt some of the top teams. Uh, and... Uh, we're going to have to really pay attention to these uh, computer points each week. And, of course, uh, Joe Etel, joeetel.com is where you want to go. You'll find them there, unofficial, and just about the most accurate uh, website there is for uh, the playoff race in the state of Ohio. Yeah, it's uh, it's absolutely incredible the job that he does. And uh, you can count on those rankings being done Friday as soon as the game's finished up. It's absolutely incredible how – how efficient and quick he is at it. It's a lot easier for guys like you and I to take a look at it, how to break it down. It's amazing. All right, Anthony, last thoughts here. Uh, we got to plug the Ice Castle report. Why don't you take a moment and talk about that, and when's the next one coming up? Yeah. Uh, make sure to tune in this Sunday as uh, Tim and I will be back with the Ice Castle report as we'll recap the Penguins' first win against uh, Valparaiso and preview the start of conference play against a very tough uh, Western Illinois uh, uh, football team. Uh, So Sunday afternoon, early evening, uh, we hope to have that up and out for you to listen. Uh, We should be recording Sunday morning sometime as, uh, once again, Tim and I will break down the Penguins' impressive win and then uh, preview what is the main portion of the schedule and the portion that we all – I look forward to each year. So uh, that should be out sometime Sunday. And uh, thank you for your support. I've heard a lot, a lot of good feedback uh, regarding the Ice Cash report. And uh, it's a pleasure for me uh, to talk about a program that I love so much with uh, someone that has covered the program, has been a fan of the program for years also. All right. You know, pay attention to that this weekend. We'll also, of course, have the scoreboard show for week five coming your way. And don't forget to join Matt and I on Friday night as we will have high school football from Hallen as Hubbard takes on the mm-hmm. Tigers. And then Saturday, we make our voyage over to Pittsburgh to start our college football season as the Carnegie Mellon Tartans. Tartans. Tartans will be taking on the uh, St. Vincent. I'm not sure what yeah. the na- nickname is off the top of my head, but uh, St. Vincent. Look. St. Vince, I can't, I don't remember. I have no idea. That's quite okay. We'll figure it out later, but that's who they'll be. It's Carnegie Mellon versus St. Vincent. 
and I will post all that information for you on our website and of course on our Facebook page. That gives me a chance to plug this real quick. You can find us on Facebook, like us, give us mm -hmm. a like. You can give a comment on the page also on anything you would like about the podcast. That is, you can find it at Facebook slash Radio MVP Pod. You can find us on the internet, on Twitter, at The Real Radio MVP. I'm at Tim Continenza. Anthony, you can find him on Instagram, which Instagram. is yep. ACAP17. Mm -hmm. And let's see. And you can find, like I said, everything there. All our podcasts are available on just about every platform you can find, including Stitcher, Google Play, SoundCloud, and Apple Podcasts. If you get this through Apple Podcasts, give us a rating, a review rating and subscribe to us and if you get this through stitcher favorite us and it will help us grow radio mvp for anthony and canfield i am tim and borman thank you for helping us grow along the way here on radio mvp as we just finished our 50th episode and we look forward to many more uh things going on here covering sports in northeast ohio and around the valley and around the country and around the world and uh, I didn't even get into my AFL stuff, which is down <laughs> to the preliminary finals, which is really the semifinals. My finals. It's a whole different story there. <laughs> We're going to get into that next week because we'll be into the grand finals and the AFL. So I definitely learned. I'm going to try to find someone who knows about it to talk to us. I doubt if that will happen. So far, everyone's rebut me. But <laughs> I am not giving up as we get into the, uh, to the, to the grand finals in the AFL. And by the way, Black Eyed Peas, along with Jimmy Barnes, one of my favorite Australian rockers in the whole time. you got to check out Barnesy. He's the best of all time. Uh, if you've never listened to him, just go to YouTube, look up Jimmy Barnes, and you'll find a thousand things. He's phenomenal. He is uh, a legend in, uh, in uh, Australia. So mm -hmm. uh, got to catch that, too. Uh, Barnesy's phenomenal. All right. For Anthony and Campbell, I'm Tim and Borman. We've talked enough. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs> on episode 51, plus the Ice Castle Report, and everything else on Radio MVP. 